It's time for State of Play with David Adam, brought to you by Tri-City Sports in the Main Center at 6th and Main and Excel Performance Health and Wellness at 8th and State. And here's David Adam. Hello, this is David Adam, and I am the host of this podcast. I'm also the editor at Muddy River News. Uh, I've also coached youth sports teams since I was 14 years old. I turned 56 this month, so do the math. Um, today we are talking about baseball uh, for our podcast. Joining me are Darren Dodd and Rich Pollock, two men who help coach and coordinate local youth baseball programs and tournaments in Quincy. Gentlemen, welcome. Good morning. Good morning, Dave. Uh, first of all, I want to let everybody here in the room explain what it is they do and why Why would I have asked you to be a part of this? Darren, uh, you organize a bunch of tournaments at town. Explain, explain exa exactly okay. what you do. Okay. Um, we we started Q-Town tournaments. It's uh, youth baseball tournaments from 8 years old up to 14-year-old kids. And um, we leased the fields from Quincy Park District, and they got the nice turf fields. And, um, and then bringing people into Quincy to play baseball rather than having to travel out of town to go to tournaments. So. All right. And, Rich, you started Complete Game Baseball how many years ago? Uh, we've been in business for six years, and uh, we originally started as just as a facility in town, um, uh, focusing on baseball and softball training. Um, it took us probably two years before we decided to have our initial um, team play out of our academy. Um, but we're excited. We've, we've seen baseball grow over the last six years in our community, and um, we're excited to make it even grow bigger. How many teams do you have playing under the complete game umbrella? Uh, right now, this year, we have five. We have a 10U, a 12U, um, and then our high school program, which is our flagship, um, is 15U, 16U, and 17U. Um, and that, that program mainly focuses on getting our, our athletes better for high school baseball, obviously, and getting them exposed to – um, college coaches, the college game, and getting them on campuses um, for visits. And hopefully they, um, their skill set allows them to get a athletic scholarship. Well, before I ask you about each of your different programs, uh, when I was a young kid learning how to play baseball, there were two leagues to play in in the city of Quincy. One of them was the Quincy Park District League. I think, Darren, you probably played in that mm -hmm. when you were a kid. We played during the mornings. We got together with our friends. I played for Tip Top Auto Repair when I was nine years old. It was my first experience. Uh, we played games during the day. And then you would play on uh, weekends at Maranatha Park. That was Little League. And that was um, – maybe a hair of a step up. There were only eight teams in that league. But those were the only opportunities to play baseball. I didn't travel out of town to play a game until I was 12 years old. We traveled to, to Beardstown for the district tournament. Uh, now travel is kind of part of the experience for you. How early do you guys travel? You said you've got teams that are coming here at, at, eight, at U8. Yeah, there was uh, pretty good attendance. There was three teams come up for St. Louis from for an eight eight-year-old tournament. And it it's amazing. There there I think teams actually start at even seven U. I see seven U tournaments listed as well, and that's uh that's where the machine's still pitching the ball. Um, some of them might be coach pitch, but uh, um, they're starting them young. Once you get into T ball, I'm I'm assuming T ball's kind of how you get started still in Quincy. Is that is that right? The local T ball leagues. I don't. I mean, I would if, imagine if you're five. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not that familiar with um, the actual beginnings and what opportunities that younger players have. So when do they get to come? To, when do they start coming to you? Um, we've had them as young as five, but it's not really a a, 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 a skill specific um, lesson for them. It's, we call it a baseball lesson, um, and a lot of that is um, getting them to fall in love with the game, like a lot of us have. Um, a five year old is not going to remember hitting mechanics. Um, two hours after a lesson, but he, what he will remember is the experience and want to keep coming back and keep wanting to love the game and get better at it. So I ask you both, and I'll let you guys pick who wants to go first. I've got a, a, a boy who's five, six, seven. When should we start getting our children involved in the game of baseball? I think that uh, my, my grandson's six right now, and he, he this is his first year of playing t-ball. And that's all through the park district. And, um, you know, I, I think that five or six years old, they could start having some fun, you know, and uh, just kind of learning the game a little bit. But uh, at that age, it's still pretty it's pretty fun to watch because <laughs> they don't really know a whole lot. So Yeah. Um, well, I could tell you, um, as far as organized baseball, um, probably six or seven. Um, but to be honest with you, with, even with my kids, um, from the time they could walk and toddle or whatever you want to call it, they were at a bat in their hand and a ball in the hand. So a lot of it comes down to spending time with older brothers, older sisters, moms and dads, um, before they actually get out there so they can have an opportunity to, you know, kind of understand what it means to put the glove on the right hand and, you know, don't use the glove as like a shovel to dump, to dump all the dirt. Oh, no, that's, into it that's, during a game. that's pretty cool to watch. Yeah, I, I like that. <laughs> you know, my I, I, one of my first jobs when I was in, in uh, I was in college was I was a t-ball umpire, and my favorite t-ball story was there was a little boy at the plate. He hit the ball. He didn't know what to do, and I said, "Run down that line." Because the fields were lined. He ran down the line, hit the bag, and took off to the right field fence, and we had to go chase him back. To, he, he, he did yep. what he was told. <laughs> Kept going. Uh, all right, so we've gotten our kids started. When should you – you talked earlier about coach pitch baseball, which, that again, uh, coach pitch and machine pitch baseball didn't exist when I was a kid. You went straight into we're going live. How? Do, what is the, the ideal way to transition into from – coach pitch and machine pitch into now we're throwing against each other. I, I think, I think the age groups that they have broke down where it's, you know, a uh, T-ball and a uh, five-year-old, six-year-old, um, I think seven, seven and eights probably should do machine pitch um, just because it'll speed up the game. Um, Cause not a lot of seven and eight-year-olds throw a lot of strikes. Um, so it gets the offensive going part of it. Also gets the defense going because the ball's put in play more often um, the better players, obviously, at eight years old should go up and start seeing live pitching um, so they can start learning about what the game actually is. Um, so I, I like the way it is set up right now. Um, obviously, there needs to be adjustments as, as you go according to skill set and things like that, but I think it's perfect the way it is right now. When I went to a game earlier this spring at one of Darren's tournaments, I watched a seven- and eight-year-old machine pitch game. It was Fantastic, and Darren's got a smile on his face because he knows <laughs> I'm. I'm watching this game. It was just some night I'm driving home, and I saw the lights on at the ball field, and I, uh, I just wanted to see a game. And literally, I think every kid on both teams took the first pitch to see what the speed was, and the second pitch they were hacking away. I want to say they got in six innings 
in less than an hour. Am I right, yeah. Darren? Yeah. Those are like hour and 15-minute time limit games, and they get six innings done, and it doesn't take take that long. They get them very seldom does the time limit come into play. They get the whole six innings in. And because it's either you hit the ball or or you get five pitches, and if you don't hit it, then you you either strike out or or, or you or you put the ball in play, and uh, when it gets to the next age at nine years old, they might only play three innings a game because the pitcher's throwing over to first and he's concentrating and, and walking people. And walking, people. yeah, that's the big thing at that age. I mean, it, and that's and that's a hard step. That, that that's a big bridge for those those kids to cross. When it comes to teaching kids how to pitch, also. That you know that nine, ten, eleven year old. All of a sudden, they start to go, "Hey, how do you make that little curveball work?" Talk a little bit about how you teach kids to start to pitch in baseball and and to develop different pitches rather than just throw a fastball down the middle. Okay. Um, <clears throat> well, our our philosophy um, at our facility is um, we don't throw breaking balls until they're fourteen. Um, just pure development process, not that we can't teach them the proper way because we can. Problem is, is when they're away from you, every kid wants to throw a bigger looping, breaking curveball. So they're not going to do it mechanically right. They're going to start doing some things that's going to put their arms in danger. So we'll work fastball, change up with our guys. Um, I'm sure Darren's teams has played against us this year, not too many guys, if maybe maybe one guy, and he, and he throws a cutter. That's what he says. <laughs> um <laughs> But we we just we just don't believe in it. Um, I just don't think that um, with my pitching background, where I what I did, <clears throat> it doesn't do anything for a kid at twelve years old to have a nasty curveball. And while we have a second, explain a little bit about your pitching background. You've you know you had a chance to play a little minor league baseball. Yeah, um, I I played with the Yankees for six years and um, pitched for them, got as high as Double A, and um, fortunately I got hurt. Um, that happens as professional athletes and athletes in period. Um, but the, the learning experience and the, um, ability to be around some of the greatest minds in the Yankee organization, um, to learn the game, um, has fit me well for a long time and stuck with me. So Darren, when you have your tournaments, uh, especially your 10, 11, 12 year old teams, how many teams do you see coming into Quincy with kids that are throwing breaking balls, or is that becoming more taboo these days as people are becoming more educated about the game? Um, I, I, would, I would say at 12 years old, you start seeing more and more of it. Um, but uh, it, it's, it's more about just changing speeds, and that's what we try to teach as well is, is, is learning how to throw a – Good change up. So sorry about that. That was my dad calling. We'll just make sure he knows that he got into the middle of the broadcast. And while we take that break from my dad, let's also take a break to let listeners know about our sponsors. No matter the age or fitness level, Excel Performance Health and Wellness has a program for you. It offers a youth sports development class, a sports enhancement program, personal training, and online training. They create custom programs that will give you the best results you're looking for. Contact Excel at 217-215. 214-3482. Also, Tri-City Sports is not just a soccer store. You can find the best selection of your Quincy High School and Quincy Notre Dame fan wear to root on your favorite team in the store at 535 Main in the Main Center. 
Need screen printed apparel for your business, organization, fundraiser, or sports team? Call them for details at 217-224-2489. And they do also still carry all of your soccer needs. So we've gotten now to the kids. They're 12. They've kind of learned the game. Uh, how far do your tournaments go, Darren, up to what age? Just just up to 14 you at this point, and that's um, that's kind of because of the the availability of the the baseball fields that Quincy Park District has, you know, so they don't go up to 90-foot bases. So the, so when I have a 14U tournament, it'll be at Clemens Field in Hannibal this weekend. Okay. Um, we did do one first tournament of the year where um, we, we left them at 80 feet, 54-foot mound, which is like a 13U level. But it was first tournament of the year, kind of – Kind of get their arms ready, you know. So, and how many teams are you getting for these types of tournaments? Um, like this weekend coming up, I've got twenty-two teams coming. Um, wow. Yeah, and most of them have been anywhere from, um, I'd say, thirteen teams to about twenty teams. You know, so. Now I, I know, Rich. You said you just got back from. You were in Bloomington. Uh, another one of your teams was in St. Louis this weekend. How far do your complete game teams travel? Um, well, most of our teams, um, our high school teams, we go probably the furthest would be Kansas City. Um, but our three teams are out almost every weekend. My 17U team had this weekend off. Um, some of those guys hadn't have a week off since February with high school being backed up and everything this year. So we gave them the week off. And um, 15U and 16U, they started a week later because of IHSA playoffs. Um, so they everybody in our organization usually has the 4th of July off, um, but we didn't. Um, this week, <laughs> so we were out there. Our, we were really happy. Our 16U team won. Uh, they went six and zero this last weekend in a pretty good tournament down in St. Louis and won the championship down there. So we we're excited for them. 15U went uh, two and two, which is an improvement. Um, those guys are working hard and trying to get better. So we're we're out. Um, you know, each one of our high school teams does seven tournaments in the summer, um, focusing on um, 15U is getting them used to. Um, playing on larger venues, such as we played at Illinois State this weekend, beautiful complex, as you know. Um, we'll play at SLU. We've played at Carshield, bigger bigger facilities than they're used to around here. Our 16 and 17 new teams are really um, focused on showcasing and getting in front of schools. Um, for my, myself and my coaching staff, reaching out to colleges and with the relationships that we've developed and get these guys out here or out to the field to see our guys um, in action. Um, so your, your program really, especially starting at about the age 15 level, what you're telling your, your players and your parents is, if you stick with us, we're going to put you in front of as many college people as you can. This, it's almost like you're making the decision, I'd like to try to play ba- baseball after I graduate from high school. Is that fair? Um, yes. Um, the, I, again, we can't promise them to get a scholarship, obviously, um, but we will put them in um, the best situation that we possibly can as far as the training aspect during the offseason, um, the training aspect during the season, the exposure with all the schools that we have developed over the years um, – tremendous relationships with schools and when we call somebody and say hey this guy you need to come see this guy 99 percent of the time they're coming to see him now whether or not he performs that day and they like him that's another thing but in our mind we can make a phone call to the guys that we know um, to come out and see 
when your teams play on the weekend, how many games is, do they usually? I, I know oftentimes it depends on how far you continue to win, but what's the, the average? Well, the um, it, well, first of all, our tournaments are anywhere from fifteen hundred to three thousand a weekend, um, and there's four game guarantee, um, so you could be done in four games, um, or you could be, you know, like yesterday, our sixteen team played six. Um, we've gone a weekend when we won the Kansas City tournament two years ago. We've played seven games from Thursday to Sunday. So it's usually four or five. Um, our expectation, our organization is from six, uh, 15, 16, and 17 you that you're playing Sunday. Um, and not just um, bracket play like they have in the youngers. You have to earn it. You have to usually either win your pool or come in second place in your pool. There's not uh, everybody makes it to Sunday. Gotcha. How many How many games do teams typically get in your tournaments, Darren? Um, most of them are a three-game guarantee. There was uh, there was a couple the last two weekends that were four-game guarantee, um, and that was just uh, kind of trying to dabble in something different. But most most of the ones that at that age are just a three-game guarantee. What Rich is kind of talking about Saturday's pool play, Sunday you go to bracket play, and and then it's single elimination on Sunday. So um, and 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 at the younger age, that's what I think most of them are set up as. So, so and. So how often do you uh, – like, you, you also – not only do you organize these tournaments, but you also coach your son's team, mm -hmm. correct? How many times do you get together during the week for just practice? Well, not as often as we need to be. But um, I, I'd say we still practice um, once or twice a week. But when you got league games, we kind of use those league games as also practice. So you have league games during the week as well. That's all wrapped up now, but, uh, but the league games start – Oh, around April 10th, I think, is when it started. And I think most teams use the, that as kind of a practice. You know, you put people in different positions, maybe let a kid pitch that hasn't pitched in a tournament and kind of um, work out that way. So how many, how many uh, uh, times a week do you try to get your guys together, whether it's in your, at your facility or on a field for an actual practice? Well, um, we actually practice as a group once a week, regardless. Um, and then our guys are in our facilities. Being part of our organization, you get to come in and use our facility at any time that we have cages available. So you can walk into my facility at any time that we're open. You could see anywhere between three to 15 guys in there working out that play for us, um, and it, it goes in every week, all, every day, every week that we're open. So when we talk about the number of games people play and the number of practices that you have and how often you are on the field, one of the things that to me is always the – I think baseball has done a better job of policing itself on this is the number of pitches that kids are allowed to throw. Do you have pitch limits and pitch counts in your tournaments, Darren? No. Well, um, game seven has some rules that, um, you know, how many innings you can pitch. Um, and some of our tournaments were through game seven and where we use their, their rules and their sanctioning body. But for the most part, we leave it up to the coaches to police, you know, they're, they're in charge of their kids' arms. And I think, um, you know, I think when the kids do get older, there are some coaches out there that need to be policed, you know. but, uh, but That's a uh, nice way of saying it. <laughs> but, you know, you'd like to trust that the coaches have their kids, you know, their best interest in mind. And um, I think for the most part they do. But, you know, there's, there's times, especially as they get older, they want to win – the competitiveness might take over, and they will throw a kid more than what they probably should. But um, the, there's different, but the, but but there are parameters out there that you can use, especially as they get older. Now, with my kids, 
we, we stop it at 14U. We, we don't see it a whole lot with, with kids being overpitched. Do you see that more at, with the older teams that you were around, that, that the overuse of arms is there, or are people doing a better job of clamping down on that overuse? Um, there's really no overuse at the level, at, the, at where we play in the summer. Now, could there, IHSA and Misha, they have rules where there's a certain amount of pitches, you need uh, rest days and things like that. Um, but we're really conscious um, in our organization because you only have one of those things that works to throw. So Unless you're really unbelievably talented and you throw with both arms. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a few of those guys out there, but uh, we won't go there. <laughs> uh, one last question for the two of you before we wrap this up. If, there was, if, if, if I put you in charge of youth baseball across the country today, what would be the first thing that you would change about the game, or do you like the way it's being played right now? Um, I like a lot of it. Um, I like that uh, our sport seems to be growing again. Um, the biggest challenges, I think, is that um, because travel baseball has become such a important part of, a, of an athlete's development, um, I would like to see that um, there be less teams – if that makes sense, um, because I think our game is getting watered down because you have too many teams that have one good player, two good players, one good player, three good players, and they're not getting the competition internally to develop because dads or whatever, coaches or whichever, they put their son batting third, playing shortstop when – Probably players should be hitting sixth or seventh in a lineup. Maybe play short, but probably a second baseman. So he doesn't get that internal competition, and then he steps on a high school campus that has a good program, and he gets punched in the mouth a little bit about, hey, this is real baseball. I didn't learn and get ready. And this is not just locally. This is nationally it's happening. I, grew, I, I did travel teams in Florida and Georgia, and it's the same way higher level of, of talent, sure. but it's the same thing. And I wish we could just come together as, an, as a baseball community and say, all right, we don't even need to have 30, 12 U teams from one city. We need to have maybe four. And then let's do some developmental stuff for these guys to get them ready because they're not ready to go compete as a group. And then you, 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 these teams lose games over the weekend. They get beat pretty bad and kids start losing their – Love for the game, and I, I've, I see that a lot. I, I, I've seen that. I saw it myself myself personally. My brother was was a high school baseball coach in the St. Louis area for thirty years. Uh, had his his son was playing, and everybody was like, "Oh, you should put together a team." Well, when they found out that my brother was coaching a team, they're like, "Oh, the head coach from this high school is going to have a team." Boy, he got this kid and this kid, and he got all these great, big, physically mature kids for a 12U team, and they were unbelievable. The only problem was that his son wasn't as physically mature as those guys were at age 12. And so he was overwhelmed by the competition that he mm -hmm. saw. He started to not like the game. And the first thing my brother does, he said, I'm not coaching that team anymore. Somebody else can coach that team. I'm going to develop my son, who now is six foot five. Right. He finally grew, but when he was 12 years old, he wasn't big enough to play the level of baseball that you're talking That's about. That's right. And it's, it's amazing because um, if you look at a 12U team, 
or a 13U team, 10 and 11, a lot of, most of the kids are around the same size. But you look at a 12-year-old team, and you could see a kid that's four foot three, weighs 70, 60 pounds, and now he's competing against a, a kid that's six. I saw a kid this summer, 6'3", about 205. I was like, are you kidding me? There's no way this kid can have a chance to compete against him. So I, I, I'd like to develop a system where, okay, these are our dudes that play on the weekend in tournaments, and these are our dudes that play in another tournament or just train. Right. Because eventually when they get to high school, that, that kid that was four foot five is going to be – He's, he might finally he, grow. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, there's, I got a, a quick story if you got it. Tanner Marshall, he's a local kid from um, QND. When he was in high school, he went to high school, he was five foot two. He just graduated college. He was six five, and he's throwing the ball 95. So he, he was not that way his freshman, sophomore, and junior year in high school. <laughs> he grew late. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the thing. So, and he he was he'd be the first one to tell you that he was you know overwhelmed physically because kids were bigger. But he the pop the bag in the, in the microwave popcorn, the the corn the kernels pop at different times. Yeah, yeah. What about you? If you could change anything about baseball right now, what would you change for, at the youth level? Um, it well, and I don't know if I could change. I wouldn't be able to really necessarily change it. But some of the rules, like at nine and ten year old. A kid gets on base and he's gonna he's gonna steal second. He's gonna steal third. Oh, I he's hate gonna steal that. home. Just hate and that. I don't know if you know if they need to be learning stealing at nine and ten yet. Maybe at eleven. I would I would maybe go to what little league rules do, where you can't lead off or you can't go. Now I know you want to teach them how to take a lead off and stuff. I think that will come, but it just becomes kind of a track meet at the nine and ten year old level. Is that a walk? becomes a triple. I completely agree with you on that. Hey, gentlemen, thank you. I appreciate the time. This was great. No, thank you for having us. Yep, thank you, Dave. Uh, And thanks for listening to today's podcast. You can catch other podcasts about youth sports by clicking on the podcast link on our website at muddyrivernews.com.